Um, so anyways, hey, I appreciate everyone being in here. I want to be good stewards of everyone's time in uh, today's session. Um, I, I think I know mostly everyone in the room, but just real quick, you know, uh, obviously Nate Ortiz saw it on the schedule, but I've uh, been youth director now for six years in uh, Ohio. I feel blessed, love what I do. And um, I, if you would have asked me years ago how long I'd be in youth ministry, um, I would say, you know, I don't know. And here on year number 16. And so uh, it's pretty exciting. And I can tell you that, um, you know, in this session, you know, I don't have any type of, you know, I'm not that person um, that, especially when it comes to youth ministry, that's just like, this is the authoritative, what you need to do, how you do it type of thing. Because I believe in youth ministry, there's so much context in what happens. So uh, one of the great things that I get to do in my role is to travel the state extensively. So you get to see church in lots of different spaces and lots of different cultures. So, you know, even in, you know, the era of, right, masks and COVID and all these kind of things, right, there's, you know, some cities I went to, it was, hey, you know, please wear your mask, social distance, all these kind of things. And other parts of states like, virus, what virus? You're like, okay, well, you know, <laughs> here we go. And, and, you know, it's it's great, and you're you're just you appreciate it. also when it comes to youth youth ministry. I think right that same kind of thing exists, right? What is the context of the ministry you're doing, right? There's some things that work in one context that don't work in other context. So as we kind of like unpack this, I know especially in youth ministry, some are saying, "Hey, our youth pastors volunteer, our youth pastors bivocational," you know, uh, right? Even just from from you know being a you know, hey, like I'm a male lead pastor and our youth pastors a female right you know all these different type of dynamics and how you you know do that right it's it's just a, a different day all the way around so in this session you know i really want to kind of bridge the gap a little bit of what it is to disciple a youth pastor nowadays and what it is for you know i know we have some youth pastors in here to even be discipled and so um, i've been in the unique space of just seeing both sides of it and i can tell you this from my personal experience that the longer you're away from youth ministry, the more challenging it is to connect with youth pastors. Um, and I say this, if I was out of youth ministry for a year, it's almost like I'd like to, it's like dog years. It'd feel like seven years. You would come back in and you'd, you know, you'd feel like, yeah, I still got it. I've done youth ministry for so long, but culture moves, we, all, we know it moves fast, but it's moving like light years for teenagers now. So as youth pastors or lead pastors who are, you know, former youth pastors or worked with youth, it's a completely different space that they're in. And I don't say that in excusing them, right? This, this, this uh, session won't be a, uh, uh, take it easy on your youth pastors, right? They have it harder than everyone else, right? That's not this session. But want to help to say, how do, how do I pull someone higher um, without making them feel like, man, I'm not doing a good enough job or just feels like you're always correcting because no one wants to be in that position as well as a lead pastor or you know, if you're a next-gen pastor and you're leading someone, right? That, that's just not a fun place to be where it's like, what are you doing, right? So um, I kind of want to walk through some of these things, but um, one of the greatest challenges in discipling your youth pastor is find the balance of being their boss and a mentor. That is a tension that exists, right? It's hard to be like, hey, I'm for you. And then it's like, hey, you blew out budget by $500. Not cool, right? How do you find that balance? How do you manage that tension? Um, but um, I would say this, that, you know, in, in saying, hey, I'm for you, but also you're an employee, right? I think sometimes in church culture, we can say like, oh, like we're family and like it's, you know, this is, a, you know, we're, we, we like to do life together. But then there's also the other part as a lead pastor where you're saying, 
hey, like, you're not getting your job done. And that's a hard balance. And how do you kind of find that sweet spot? We're going to unpack that. So I believe that every lead pastor can have a great relationship with their youth pastor by leading them in these three, uh, these key disciplines. One is connect with the person. Connect with the person. Two is communicate wins. Three, create opportunities for growth. So the first one, connect with the person. Communicate wins. And third, create opportunities for growth. And I'll repeat those again later on as we go on here. Uh, But discipling your youth pastors more than just staff meetings, uh, leadership lessons, and Bible studies. I can tell you, if you are leading a young person, sometimes, I, as a lead pastor, there are pressures that you feel that youth pastors don't feel, right? So, it's, it's the difference of understanding that, you know, a youth pastor is like, yeah, the budget's here and we just get to do ministry, but a lead pastor, right? There's weight that you carry where you say, man, if family left the church, that affects our overall general funds or... You know, there's a leaky roof, right? A youth pastor doesn't carry that weight of things, right? I've even heard some youth pastors say, well, like, I, like, I do the youth ministry. Like, I don't, do, I don't, I don't want to visit people in the hospital. I'm the youth pastor. And I tell people, say, well, how about this? You get your salary off the tithe of the youth ministry, and then we will just take that money and <laughs> put it towards. How about that? Because that sounds good, right? And they're like, well, no, I don't like that. Well, it's like, well, hey, we're a team, and this is what this means, and it's going to be good for your growth. So... Um, in, in that discipling, it's, it's more than just saying, hey, we had a staff meeting and we go over scriptures and, and we do that. Or, hey, we, I give a leadership lesson in those kind of things. Um, they need more than that in being discipled uh, because they should be doing that on their own, like growing and learning. But um, I would say this in that, in that first step of connect with the person. Right? No one would argue with this point of, yeah, like connect with your youth. Like, duh, okay. Like, I didn't even come to this session to hear about connecting with the person. But here is what I'd like to say that um, your youth pastor is a person and not just an employee. And I think you have to remember that, that your youth pastor carries stresses. They carry different things that they maybe are worrying about. And it's, I always just say this is all relative. When I was um, coming up in youth ministry, I was the youngest on the staff. I was single, and um, I was just learning a lot. But I remember in that time, there was lots of things that were just um, assumed, where it's like, oh, who's going to lock up? Nate will lock up because he he's not married. He doesn't have kids. And you just kind of shove these things on your youth pastor. Or it's like, oh, right, we're in a little pandemic. Who's techie? Like, hey, you're techie. Do this. And they're like... Man, like this, I just feel like, you know, these are just things that are assumed or, hey, you could stay late or, and I think we always have to remember what it is to be that 20 something year old or, or, you know, whatever age they might be or newly married couple. They're really trying to figure things out and how it looks. And I think one of the, and let me be honest, I think one of the most, and I, I have to stop myself, the longer in your ministry, right, you have more stories, right? Do you know when I first started ministry, I was cleaning tortoises and just working for pieces of pizza each week. That's all I did, right? And it's like, wow, that sounds wonderful, right? Um, and we kind of put that on people, but I don't think that's the way of the kingdom in the sense of saying, right, even your natural kids, you wouldn't tell them, I worked hard, you're starting all the way back here. Now, I get it, right? There's different parenting skills and some people say that. Yeah, that's why I tell my kids, they got to work for what they get, right? But there has to be an element of saying, right, I want you to start further than I did. Because in the kingdom, how does anyone really grow if we're always saying, 
start back here. Start back here. But at some point saying, hey, yeah, you might have to clean some toilets. It should never be, uh, you know, below you, right? We don't want to be the type of leader, right, that says, I'm not setting up chairs. Like, I'm beyond that. But you also want to help them be in the spot of saying, hey, how can I help you grow? Like, how can I help you? You know, I talk to youth pastors. This is, I'm not even joking. We're, we're, I, you know, all over and I say, hey, what's one thing you wish someone would have told you early on in ministry? You know, uh, one thing that popped up a lot, I was like, that's fascinating. Well, someone said, I wish someone would have told me how to do my taxes. I didn't understand how to be a minister and, like, learn how to do taxes. I'm like, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great thought because no one sits you down and says, hey, let me help you figure, like, just be set up for success. They said, my first year I had to pay all my taxes, which obviously they should, but they, they just didn't know because no one taught them. No one just said, hey, here's some practical things because we assume that people know these things. So remember, they are a person and not just an employee. So how you connect with them, right? You know, typically we'll say, well, I've invited them over for dinner or, you know, I gave a leadership lesson or I check in at staff meetings. Um, but it goes beyond that. So one of the things that we talk about in this time of connecting with the person, right? They are, uh, maybe they're single, right? How do you help them navigate that, being single in ministry, right? How do you help them navigate being a newly person in ministry, a uh, newly married person in, in, in you know, ministry and, and all those things that work with that and you're even having kids in ministry, right? All those, those are big life things that sometimes we don't give enough time to those things. And I always like to say this, when we talk about connecting with the person, every pastor would say, yeah, I want, I want them to be healthy, right? Mentally, physically, you know, like mind, body, spirit. Like, I want them to be healthy. But then we also communicate. I want you to be healthy, just not on company time. So can your, your youth pastor say, like, I, man, I'm just, like, really stressed out. And say, hey, yeah, just take the day. And not make it so... Um, you know, uh, well, take a vacation day, right? You're, like, you're just, it's like, right, just be healthy. Just not on company time. Keep your marriage healthy. You know, don't be anxious. Don't be depressed. Just not on our time. We got, we got an event coming up this weekend. But do you have enough in you to say, hey, why don't you get some rest? And show people how to rest. Because you know what? I think we all could testify in ministry. Don't worry. You'll get that time back. <laughs> right? <laughs> There's going to be times where it's just like, we're running. And I tell people in ministry, you know, connect with the person. I would say, I always, you know, when I used to play football, uh, you know, a thousand years ago, um, you know, I knew my career was short. But I remember my coach, he used to say, when you go half speed, that's when you get hurt. If you're trying not to get hurt, that's when you get hurt. He said, you know, when you're fully engaging, that, you know, you're, you're, you're awake, you're aware. So sometimes I tell youth pastors, I'm saying, listen, when it's time to run, don't split the difference. Run. We have a busy weekend. Just run. But when it's time to walk, you have to walk. So when you have that open day in your week, you can't say, well, I, I got things to do, and you fill it up in your schedule, but then you know you have a busy next week. That's your fault. Because you didn't walk when you were supposed to walk. And so helping them frame that and connect with them as a person, um, I think is very, very key for them. So um, in connecting with the person, um, here are some things I'd like to tell you. So plan for relational connection. And I would say when you plan for relational connection, it means a lot to them. 
So uh, here are some rules to follow when you're connecting with the person and plant that relational connection. Uh, inspect what you expect. Inspect what you expect. So you can't, you know, if you're leading a new youth pastor or you're, you're a new lead pastor at a church, you have to be able to give some measurables. You have to be able to inspect what you expect. You, know, you can't just look at numbers and say, hey, why are numbers down? When you haven't yourself investigated maybe what's going on or what's happening. So, um, you know, when you are talking with the person, you know, talk to them about you know, their whole life, what's going on. Um, uh, the second thing I would say is, you know, time should be individual. Make individual time for that person. You know, we all know the value that it has when someone makes legitimate time for us. Where there's not an agenda. Where it just feels like, hey, how's it going? Like, you know, unpack things for me. Um, don't always feel like it's a group setting, right? Think about it this way. You know, if, if, you're, right, if you're married in this room and you told your significant you know, other, your spouse, that he says, yeah, we all, you always hung out in group settings. It's like, yeah, we hung out. We were with everybody. Like, no, no, I want time with you. I don't want time with everyone else. That doesn't feel specific enough. And if you want your youth pastor, and your youth pastor should, they should be carrying your heart and your vision. I tell, I tell youth pastor, if you can't serve the vision, you have to leave. Because God has not called you just to be the vision person. That's not your role. Right? You know, for Pastor John, my role is to carry, right? It's, I'm not saying that's, you know, Hophagy is like his vision. Like he just sat down, like, here it is, right? That was, you know, presbyters and churches and discussions. That's what it was. But my role is to carry that vision, right? If I were to be in some settings and someone says, hey, now we think about Hophagy, I'm like, mm, you know, whatever, we'll see what happens. I need to leave. Not because right or wrong, but you have to serve the vision. And, um, but so, you know, when you're with your youth pastor, having that individual time, uh, you know, try not to get so much into the business of stuff. Just to really just connect with the person. The third thing I'll say is uh, always be encouraging and leave on a high note. Right? Now, we're going to get to some, we have to bring correction, different stuff, right? This isn't, this isn't just like how to, you know, make your youth pastor feel great and they're on top of the world. But if you can't, listen, if you can't think of something specific, that your youth pastor is doing well, then you're probably not spending enough time with them. If you really have to muster something up, you're probably not in deep enough relationship with them. Because we all know a shallow compliment when we, when we hear it, right? Like, oh, man, hey, man, you did a great job. Hurt, great job with the locket, right? Any, anyone could have said that. Anyone. But we said, hey, I want to know, I, I saw you after church with that new family. Like, I saw that. Man, thank you for doing that. Or, hey, I saw you staying up after and cleaning up. Like, I saw that. Your youth pastor doesn't need generic praise because anyone could tell them that. The example I'd like to use is, right, you know, if, if you know, if, you know you're, for every anniversary or for every birthday, you know, your, your spouse, you know, got you a card. Isn't that a nice sentiment? Man, they got me a card. But every year they never filled it out and said, hey, here's a card. You're like, that's it? Not even like a I love you or like a personal note, just a... All right, well, I mean, like, thank you, but does it feel personal? And that's what we do to youth pastors sometimes. We just give general praise and expect them to be filled up by that. Be specific um, when you're encouraging. Leave on that high note. And uh, the last thing, when you are planning for relational con uh, connection with them, ask great questions. Um, 
it's so it's so hard to believe sometimes, but you know when I am around youth pastors, sometimes I have to forget how young you know nineteen is, how young twenty is. You know when I'm looking through camp registrations, I've seen people like, oh, I was born in nineteen ninety eight. Like, oh my gosh, like you know, like. <laughs> Right, and it's like you start have like these things, and you're like, "Oh, these babies!" Right, um, but um, you want to help them like bring self awareness, because I can tell you, like your youth, but they don't know what they don't know, and you can't expect them just to have all the knowledge. So, you know, one of the first questions like I ask if I'm meeting someone for the first time, or I'm, you know, coaching someone, where that is, the first question I always ask is, "How is life?" That's a right, but in, in, it's intentional. That's a super broad, generic question, and it's intentional. Because they either say something like, well, oh, it's busy, or, it's, or they kind of have that pause. Eh, you know, it's going all right. I say, why is it just going all right? Why isn't it going great? You know, why isn't it going great? And I let them steer the conversation. Right, because we can come with our agenda, right, and have this checklist. You know, how's your marriage? How's the youth ministry? How's this? And it just doesn't feel relational. You tell me what's going on, right? But you can't just sit down and say, "Hey, what's going on?" Well, I always say, "How's life?" Yeah. Hey, tell me about it. Or it's going great, man. Like, tell me about it. And I always say, as youth pastors or as lead pastors, I always call it the circle back. It means something people need to circle back to a conversation and you pick up from the last one you had. Right? Doesn't it feel great when you ask for prayer and someone's like, yeah, man, my, my grandma's just like really sick. She's not doing well. And then you see that, you know, you're like, man, I'm praying. And you circle back and say, hey, how's your grandma doing? Like, oh, you remembered. Yeah. Because it's important to you. Right? It, you know... It doesn't mean as much. We just circle back and have the same conversation with no depth. We just circle back and say, like, oh, yeah, how's it going? Oh, good. Like, you're right, good? Oh, great. Fantastic. If you need anything, let me know, right? That's what we do. If you need anything, let me know. But they're not going to, <laughs> they're not going to let you know. Not because they're, you know, inconsiderate. Not because they're lazy. Not, but they're just not going to do that. So, because um, you want to help them understand that who they are is more important than what they do. So when I say how is life, I mean it because it doesn't matter what we do. It, it doesn't, what I mean by that is it doesn't matter if my life is a person, like it's a wreck. I'm not talking about, you know, hey, you're going through a difficult time. But like, man, if my marriage is on the rocks, at some point that's going to bleed over to the ministry side of stuff. Right? But we don't address those things early enough, right? Or if someone is mismanaging their money or they're just because they just don't know and they're trying to figure out stuff and that's gonna that's gonna bleed over, right? So um, helping them understand, hey, who you are is more important than what you do. How can I help you just be just an amazing person? Uh, you know, in whatever season of life they're in. So um, like I said, connect with the person, uh, that's the super, super important. The second thing I'll say is communicate wins. Do not assume your youth pastor comes with the same knowledge you have accumulated over years of ministry. Be specific as you can when it comes to communicating what is important to you. I always tell youth pastors, like, we all, I'm, I'm looking at this new role, what questions should I ask? I said, here's the question you should ask. You ask that lead pastor, you say, 
Fast forward five years, what would you say would make me a success? What would you want to, what, what would you want to say? And as lead pastors, it could be hard because you really have to think about that question. Because it's like, well, you know, I, I want kids to love the Lord and right? And we just say these. But here's what I would say. We have to be much more specific than that. Because it would be like me saying, right? You know, saying we want the kids to grow in the Lord and experience, you know, baptism of the Holy Spirit, whatever it might be, right? Well, they should. They're coming to church. That's like me saying, you know, I think I'm going to go to be an Olympic athlete, okay? Just bear with me for the example, all right? And so, I want to be a track star. You know, I'm, I'm eating right. Well, you should. I'm pretty quick, boy. You should if you're going to run track. Those are givens. Those aren't like above and beyond, right? Those are givens. You have to have those things. And so with, you know, communicating wins to a youth pastor, you have to be so specific. It goes just beyond saying, well, we want these general things to happen. Um, you want your youth pastor to carry your heart. So listen, you, you know, we have to let go of, we just want to see kids in the building. Right? So if you say you want to see disciples, now hear me out. Right? I'm not swinging the pendulum, right? This whole, like, I'd rather have three kids that are on fire than a hundred kids who are, you know, lukewarm in their faith. Well, can, can, we, can we split the difference? Like, does it have to be like these scarcity, uh, scarcity ideas? But you really want to say, this is what I would want to see. I want to see involvement of students on a Sunday morning. I want to see our students have biblical knowledge of that. And this is what I think it looks like. Right? You want to say those specific things because you know what happens? It's, it breaks my heart when they have a year review or the leaf pastor says, hey, I need to talk to you because parents are starting to grumble and a youth pastor is coming in and they're spending the whole meeting backpedaling. But they just didn't know the win. So sometimes it's like a pastor will have a strong missions heart just saying, I want to be in the community. And that's their heart, but they're hoping their youth pastor gets it, but he just doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. Because typically youth pastors will come and they'll do what they've seen before. Right? My youth ministry, we used to do this. We used to do like, you know, a service up front and, and a worship team. Like, well, you don't have a worship team right now. Like, you need to adjust and you need to have that conversation for even a lead pastor, right? It, you know, you might always say, hey, our goal is we just want our kids to feel love. So whatever that looks like. So if you don't preach for the first three months, that's cool. And you just build a relationship, great. We'll get there. But you need to be able to communicate that. Versus your youth pastor like, well, I, I got to preach every week. I, you know, I can't just be connected with kids and not preaching. Right? I, I got to preach. Like, man, that's not my heart. That's not the vision that I have for the youth ministry. Um, you know, the only way to be known as a winner is to win. <laughs> but the only way you can win is if you know the objectives and the score. So what's the scorecard for your youth pastor? What's the win? You know, we think about you know, numerical growth, want to see a church grow. But, you know, we've heard for so many years, right, you know, youth ministry should be 10% of your church, right? It's actually lower now. They said it's about, about 7%. Now, once again, I don't get into numbers and it's like, right, be satisfied with that, right? There's always more lost people who need to know the Lord. But we need to be able to help them understand these are objectives. This is what we need to do weekly. This is what should be happening in a service because it's important to me and need to carry the heart. So what I would tell, you know, what I tell youth pastors is, What's the ROI? What's the return of investment on what you're doing? Right? It can't always be food, fun, and fellowship. Right? Just three episodes. Like, oh, like, it's fellowship. We're just hanging out. Oh, we're just, you know, we're just having fun. Okay, great. So, like, for instance, when I was a youth pastor, I didn't do a lot of, like, giveaways for our students. Like, we did it here and there. 
But the one service that I went all the way in, like we're you know we're getting the game system, we're getting the I, yo, I'm dating myself, we're getting the iPod, right? We're getting all these things, right? iPad Nano, remember those? Bless God, I can't. Like, what's talking about? I don't know, right? <laughs> so it's like right, you know, like we went all in. We're we're having free Chipotle for everyone who comes, but why? Because that was our evangelistic service. We told our students, this service is not for you. And we called our Reach One services. We said, bring one person. Don't, don't just take a flyer and hang it up in your school. We got specific. We said, don't, don't just put a generic announcement. Tell you, oh, yeah, I'm just thinking at church. No. We, you know, once again, dating myself. It looks different today. But we would put out a postcard and just say, like, hey, it's going to be an invitation, but you write your friend's name on it. I said, I, I want to invite you to this. Like, it's specific to you. And we'd have them come. So, you know, and we'd give a strong gospel message for people. But that, that was the win, right? You know, if, if your youth pastor is just doing stuff like, oh, like, you know, we're having a pizza party. What's the return on investment on this? What's your goal? I need to know the kids better. Okay, that's clear to me. Because now you can come back to your youth pastor and say, how's that going for you? How, you know, are, are you feeling like you are connected with the students? Because I'm hearing you're not. <laughs> right? You know, whatever that looks like. And sometimes it's a hard conversation. But it's not shaming someone, but say, all right, let me help you how to connect better with students. So, you know, like, you know, it's conversations I have, like, it's sometimes it's art, you know, if you've been in youth ministry for a long time, it's art connecting with a student. It really is, right? It's not, you know, you have the student, they'll come in, they have, you know, their hair covering their face, they have a hoodie over them, looking like, you know, something like Lord of the Rings, just like slinking in the youth ministry, like from Heaven Gates and Hell's Flames or something, just like coming in, just like, and you're like, hey, what's going on? Like, like, hey, you got Ohio State shirt on. Man, I love Ohio State. I hate Ohio State and football. All right, well, I misread it. Sorry. Right? <laughs> right? You know, and it, but like, but I tell them, like, in your mind, like, for me, if I'm connected with someone, I have, like, rapid-fire questions. Like, you can't stop me. I'm, I'm like, keep coming. To, what school you go to? What do you love to do? What are your hobbies? Like, even, like just, like, who brought you here? Like, I mean, like, I, like, I keep, like, it's like, I want to find a way to connect them to someone or something. You know, but sometimes youth pass, like, they'll get, like, you know, if they're new, and it's like, and they get that cold student who kind of hits them, and they're like, ah, oh, they're cool, you know, glad you're here. You know, it's kind of like, I'll just move on to something else. Uh, but helping them understand, what's your return investment in everything that you do? So if you're taking a trip somewhere, what do you hope to accomplish? Right, and it can't be always food, fellowship, and fun. Um, because then it helps you as a, um, a lead pastor to kind of keep them accountable to what they say is going to be done. Um, but also help them that, um, you know, one of the things I talk with lead pastors about too is it's a different day where, uh, a, you know, a lead or a youth pastor feels like, Hey, I want to go grab lunch with a student, right? I'm, I want to do these things and grab coffee. And it's like, that's great, homie, but you ain't, you know, meant just to travel and get coffee, right? That's what's the return of investment. But... Because they like that freedom. They don't like the 9 to 5, right? And that's challenging for us who grew up in that kind of space where it's like, it's 9 to 5. Like, you come to the office, you sit in your office, and, you know, the youth pastor's like, I want the freedom. Like, I want to be out there. I want to be meeting with people. Here's what I would tell you as lead pastors. Give your youth pastor that freedom a little bit. Hear me. You know, the, the term that I have is like, I almost sweat the technique, but you got to produce. You got to produce. So if you're asking for the freedom, I'm going to give it, but you got to produce. But that's where you as a lead pastor have to know what you're asking them to produce. 
So if you're saying, hey, Sunday morning slides, they got to be done you know, by Friday, or, or however you work it out in your, they got to be done. Right? So if your youth pastor's you know, emailing you at 10 o'clock on Saturday night, you got to say, it's not what we talked about. It's done, but it's not what we talked about. So you're either mismanaging some of the freedom that you have. Maybe you shouldn't went out to coffee because you need to get this done. Right? So sometimes, you know, which I'm like this, like I had like, I had like this weird um, in, like intro into like ministry where my lead pastor, we didn't have office hours. That's how it was. And I mean, there was a lot to be done, but no one ever checked up on me. It wasn't like, you know, 8 o'clock, you're in the office, Ortiz, right? You know, be there at your desk and have your desk phone there, and if I buzz, you better be there, right? That just wasn't, wasn't what it was. And our lead pastor had a stance about that. He said, we work too hard around here for you to slack off. He said, if, if, he said, if you're not doing your job, he said, one, it'll show, or two, God will rat you out. I was like, golly. <laughs> but that, but it, was, it was true. If you're not producing, it's going to show. Right? And I understand sometimes it's nice when you feel like, hey, you know, I see the person in the office. I know they're working. I know they're doing stuff. Um, but I think, you know, removing that um, helps, helps a little bit. And uh, the last uh, point here is create opportunities for growth. And we'll open up for some Q&A here in a moment here. But uh, creating opportunities for growth, I think, is such a major, major piece as you're helping disciple your youth pastor. We all have our youth pastor stories, and some of us, right, some of us in the room might be bivocational, we're wearing multiple hats, all those kind of things. But here's what I'd want to say. In church culture, we often hire based on someone's demographics sometimes. What I mean by that is, hey, you're young and single, and you don't have a family, you get paid this much. That doesn't happen in corporate America. They say, this is the job that has to be done, and you are qualified. This is what we feel that that is worth. So when we, so when young leaders come in, sometimes there's this feeling like, what's my future? What, you know, what's the plan for me? So my question to you, as you disciple your youth pastor, what's your plan for them? And are you communicating, like, now just once again, just because you have a plan for them doesn't mean that they're going to be like in love with it or, or whatever, but um, it brings clarity to things really quick. Um, that you're saying, hey, as a lead pastor of this church, and based upon your skills and what we see in you, we could see this, you know, in these couple years. Or, hey, if you hit this benchmark, we could see this. So how I term it is, you know, when my first job was McDonald's. I worked there for a, a good while. You know, McDonald's had a plan to give me a raise. It was a quarter, but it was a plan. And sometimes we don't have plans for our youth pastors. Now, granted, it's, there's nothing guaranteed, right, in ministry, right? There's, you know, but there has to be conversation. I think sometimes we're even so scared to talk about what their opportunities for growth is. Instead, it's just do more, do more, do more, do more. And if you do it well, maybe we'll talk about possibly doing something. And I think there needs to be more of the conversation, and especially in youth ministry, where, right, you know, well, I'll pick on myself, right, you know, I'm getting older, right, you know, like moving, 
I'm not, I'm not like the young 20 year old that's like, hey, what's up everyone? It's like, you know, I'm the cool guy, right? It's like, I'm like, you know, driving a minivan, like, you know, wrangling my kids into the car seat, right? That's like, this is life now. I'm like, you know, kids are like, oh gosh, you know. <laughs> Right, this is this, this is who I am. This is this is my life. You know what I mean? And or just like you know, showing up somewhere like, oh, I got you know food on me. Great, because I got peanut butter on my leg. Great, fantastic. You know, like this is life. And um, but I, but I think for you know for people coming up um, and creating opportunities, um, I would say this: invest in your youth pastor. So skills. Are you sending them to conferences? Are you sending them to places that they could really really grow? Sometimes we just want people to naturally grow, like, oh, watch a YouTube video or watch this. But, like, if you're not investing into them, then how are you expecting a return? You, you can't expect a return on something you haven't invested in. And if I could be as bold to say, giving them a paycheck isn't investing in them. But you have to say, okay, how can I help this person grow? And let me also say, they may not rise up to that level, and that's okay, too. Because then you also just need to be honest about it because you're not getting a return on the investment. Um, but that goes back to being specific. What are the wins? What are not the wins? And being in that place. So send the conferences. Um, what skills do you want them to have and how are you training them? Right. If you want your, your youth pastor to be, hey, we need you right in light of COVID. We need to be online. You need to figure this out. What training are you give them or are you giving them? Right? There has to be that level of investment in them. And guess what? They'll have that skill and it's going to be great for them. Um, you know, they can take that wherever they go. So uh, invest, you know, think about, hey, how am I investing in my youth pastor? Like once again, like I was talking about the taxes earlier, right? Sometimes you need to invest in your young person. Hey, you need to talk to this tax person. I'm going to help, I'm going to help you. You don't realize I'm helping you, but I got a tax person. You need to talk to them. Make sure your finances are in order, right? I don't need to be in the mix of it, but I'm going to help you. And sometimes as a lead pastor, you it puts you in a great spot to even resource them to someone. So like it's one of the things I love doing, talking with youth pastors. You know, sometimes I'll have lead pastors say, hey, I need you to meet my youth pastor. They are, right? It's not like I don't sit down with youth pastors and say, hey, your youth pastor tells me you're really terrible at events and you blow, you're like you go in the hole all the time. Let's talk about that, right? <laughs> like, that's not what I do. But I say like, hey, like how you feel like you're doing, right? We kind of like take right, the long way about it and kind of land on an area of growth for them. But as a lead pastor, encourage your youth pastor to meet with peers, right? Or to even connect them with someone you know who's doing it well and whatever that might be. So whether it's organizational things, whether it's whatever, um, because it's going to be really, really great for them. And so um, the other thing I will say that, investing in them, um, I know I mentioned going to conferences, which I think are great, but also I would encourage your youth pastor, right, where AG Church is here, I will, I firmly, firmly believe this. They have to be connected with peers in their area. All right, now, now hear me. I'm not saying that as the youth director that's just like, you know, have them connect with their other AG churches in their area, right? I'm not saying because of, because here's the thing. When you go to some conferences, they're not true youth pastors, right? We you see youth conferences and you look at the whole lineup, like no one's even a youth pastor, Right, this is the truth. Right, it's good. It's but it's good because it calls them to think up a little bit higher. You know, like okay, I'm seeing excellence at a different level. Right, when you travel, when you see different stuff, where you meet different people. Right, that's why events like Synergy are great because you meet different people from different parts of the state, and you and God does something that's really, really great. And I think that's healthy and that's good. 
But I think on the week-to-week, month-to-month, they have to have friends who they can ask legitimate questions to say, hey, like, I'm really struggling with, like, icebreaker games. Like, what do you do? Like, I'm struggling too. You know, or like, oh, like, I'm not alone. Or, or, or it's just like, hey, I got some stuff I can give you. It's like, perfect. Because if you go to just conferences and just big events like that, what happens is, I remember, like, when I was coming to youth ministry and, like, reaching your community, like, that was, like, a big piece of my heart. And, you know, we're talking about, like, top-tier leaders, right? You know, they got, a, you know, they got the giant church, and, you know, they, they have all the staff they could ever possibly want. And, you know, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the breakout session, and I have, like, you know, the, the guy to sit up there. He's like, yeah, like, so we reach our community. Like, you know, we just serve people, you know, just ask them what they need. I'm like, okay, okay, all right, all right, you know, okay, let's keep going, right? And he's like, you know, we just have a great relationship with the school, and, you know, like, we just decided, like, to read, like, just redo their teacher's lounge and, like, just bless them. I'm like, homie, like, if I had that money to redo a teacher's lounge, I could reach my community for sure. But I don't got that kind of cash. I need something a little, like, lower budget. You know what I mean? I need, like, that Walmart brand, like, reaching your community kind of stuff, right? It's like, yeah, like, tell me what, what that is. Because it could be discouraging for your youth pastor who's saying, like, I'm, like, bivocational. And you're talking about, like, redoing a teacher's lounge? Like, I'm, you know, I'm volunteer. I'm not even getting paid, right? It's like, but when you're with peers who are saying, yeah. Like, how do we reach our schools? Here's some things I've done. That will be the best resource to your youth pastor. Truly. Because, you know what? If you're sitting on a meeting with them, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Like, you need, like, you need to meet some youth pastor friends. That's what you need. So when they, you know, we talk about that freedom, when they're, you know, when they're saying, you know, I want to go have coffee with so-and-so, or I'm getting pizza with so-and-so, and you can look at their schedule or ask them their schedule and say, I'm looking at your week. You met with five students, which is great, but you didn't meet with any youth pastors in the area. Like, you need to fix that, you know? Um, you know, whatever that looks like, whether it's you know, five through the week or the month, whatever, but you need to help, help them in that, um, in connecting, because it'll be the best resource for them. It'll be so practical, so good for them. Um, um, uh, sorry, I lost, lost my place here. Um, time. Invest time into your youth pastor as you create opportunities for growth. You should plan a time where you connect with them as a youth pastor at least once a month to discuss um, everything that's going on. Like just you and them, you know, at the office, just, hey, let's go. But once again, don't make it, you know, agenda-driven, right? Let's be a little more relaxing with it. Because if you want your youth pastor to carry your heart, they have to feel connected to you. Like that's the bottom line. If they just feel like I'm just like just trying to execute this stuff, it's going to be hard because one of the challenges that a youth pastor has, right, it's like, do I really share with my, my lead pastor what's going on or is this going to negatively affect me? Can I say that I'm really struggling or is he going to be like, well, maybe this isn't a good fit, right? They have to feel like it's a safe space to really talk about some of those things. Um, so, uh, and the last thing, the last thing I will say, and this will take some questions here, is create a leader development plan for your youth pastor. Um, like I said, don't just look at their, you know, like, hey, you're single, you're right. At some point, they're going to get married, right? You know, as a lead pastor, this is my behind the curtains challenge to you: is do you have a plan for a youth pastor who says, "Man, we got our first kid, right? Kids are not cheap," or is it like, "Well, you're going you're to stay in this this space," or when your single youth pastor says, "Hey, I'm getting married." It's like, well, great, fantastic. And you just kind of keep them into that space. There should be plans to have growth with them because if you believe in them, right, you invest in what you believe in. That's just the bottom line. And so um, think about those things. Have foresight for it, right? What does this really look like? 
um, in that. So even if right there is more pay, maybe the conversation is, hey, we want to give you more, but we also need you to lift some more as well. Right? Um, and that's okay to ask too. But you, once again, going back to you got to be specific and you got to know not just, well, you know, whatever we need. You know, we need you to you do a little bit of cleaning, uh, you know, and then, uh, well, you know, someone's got to cut the grass of the church, you do that, and then you do production stuff for us. It's like, okay, now we're just, now they're just like the catch all. And that's not investing into someone, right? Because here's the truth about it. Whether you're a big church or a small church, man, your youth pastor got to see you doing it. Right? So if you're saying, hey, we'll rotate cutting grass. You take it one week, I'll take it the next. Now they're like, all right, not like they, we got buy-in, right? And I'll tell you this, when you have a great youth pastor, and I, I, listen, I tell youth pastors this stuff too, so this isn't just like for youth pastors. I said, listen, you know, John Wooten, you know, servant's heart. I'm not just saying it, my nose is brown enough already, okay? Right? He ain't gonna, he ain't gonna listen to this. He serves. But as his youth guy, I'm like, I don't want, I don't want you to, I know you can, I know you will. But I want you to focus on what God has got for you. I can set up chairs. And we have a youth, a, a, a youth pastor that's strong. I tell them, you should be lifting your pastor's hands. Bottom line. And once again, I tell them, if you can't, you got to go. got to go. And, you know, for me, it's always like, it's like that get out of the boat. Not like a Peter step out of faith, get out the boat. Like a Jonah, get out the boat. <laughs> <laughs> and so... In create leader uh, ship development plan, think about where you want to see them be, the potential that you see, invest in their potential, but communicate that as well. You know, so whether you see them, like, hey, I see you, like, overseeing our missions one day. Oh, wow, like, you see that? Yeah, I see that in you. But you got to work out some things. But instead, we just kind of say, like, in the spot, you need to work on this. You're not doing this well. You're not doing this well. And it just feels overwhelming. Especially if they don't have youth pastor friends, they don't have peers, they don't have like, well, how do I grow? How do I develop myself? But you guys leave pastor, that's where you want to encourage them and see them grow. Um, and, and, you know, right, it's a, uh, you learn in every season of how to really, you know, disciple and connect with them. But, um, you know, but God will definitely, you know, help you and guide you in that. So, um, you know, I want to open up for some Q&A here. Um, you know, once again, I know every context is different. Uh, for youth ministry, but I think in, in starting out, I think that's like really just a good place to like start with, you know, young people um, that you know that you're, you're the lead pastor or maybe you're, you oversee kind of like a next gen. Um, you know, that's kind of a good starting base. But let me just say this: you know, I am more than happy, happy, happy to sit down with youth pastors to lead pastors. Hey, feel like your youth pastor needs a little bit of help in an area. Like that's what I'm here for. To to help them grow in that because once again you don't know what you don't know so sometimes you know youth pastor right I sit down with them and like I got this great idea but my lead pastor is wet blanket they don't, they don't got vision they don't know vision they smack them in the face right and it's like okay I hear you I hear you um, but, but here's the thing like you have you have to give you know I said you got to catch W's not your W's their W's so I said when, when they mention something like man I wish we had this you should be, you should be solving that problem Right? But I said, everyone could do more if they had more. And that's the youth pastor coming, like, well, if I just had a bigger budget, or a pastor would just do this, we could do this. I said, you can't start there. You start where you are. You know, I, I, you know it's like, you know, sometimes I'll talk to youth pastors, and they're you know, saying, like, 
man, you know, uh, it's like, you know, our, our youth budget is just our offering, and, you know, we got, you know, got $5, I'll put three of the dollars in there, right? You know, it's like, we ain't doing nothing. I said, well, here's the reality of it. I said, in all love, in all love, if you can't motivate students to give and to create a healthy culture, how are we going to lead a church? How are you going to plan a church? Or how are you going to become a missionary? This is your breeding ground. I always say youth ministry is not a stepping stone. It's not a stepping stone. But if you do it right, it's a launching pad. And that's what I want them to get. So, any questions, thoughts about anything I shared? Kick back. Any I have a friend questions? Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, great class. Great, great class. Yes. Took tons of notes. I think my wife did too because uh, definitely um, I'm even trying to read books how to manage uh, the younger generation because I am finding that I it's just a different mindset. Yeah. So just great class. Thank you so much for that. Um, my question is the youth pastor I have now. He's a great, mm-hmm. great guy. I mean, I love him to death. But man, it's like pulling teeth for him to. I was brought up reading, you know, my pastor, read books, go to conferences, all that kind of stuff. When I present that to him, he's like, why do I need to do that? It's almost like he knows it all, but he doesn't. He thinks he knows it all. Let's just say that. So how do you, is that a younger mindset, or is that just something that um, I need to tweak? That's kind of my thing. Yeah, so going back to my statement, I said, like, you know, that old, you know, hip-hop song, don't sweat the technique, you know what I mean? So I said, I don't sweat the technique. But I would say, tell me, well, how do you learn? So how do you get new information? That's good. So if they can't answer that question, or say, well, I, I just kind of read, you know, once again, not in a shaming way, right? It's not about like trying to make someone feel little. That's not God's heart. But saying, give me the clearest picture you can. So, you know, I don't like to read, right? And listen, confession, right? I go, you know, first being a youth pastor coming up and right, your lead pastor, we've all been there, was like, I've read this powerful book. I bought it for everyone on the staff, and I just want to hand it out and watch you read it. Like, right? You're like, sure, pastor. Right? <laughs> right? And then it's like 10 years later, you pick that book, and you're like, oh, man, I should have read this 10 years ago, right? Um, but I think the question is saying, you know, hey, wh- why do I need to read? And I, I totally get that mindset that we have, but I think I said, well, how, how do you educate yourself how to minister to this generation? Like, you know, well, I, I listen to podcasts. Take it in a loving way. Take it as far as you can. What podcast do you listen to? Uh, Craig Gross Show. Okay. Which one has been your most impactful one you've listened to? <laughs> like, give me your top three things. Right? Like, in a love... Once you're not, not shaming, you're not, you're not a lawyer on trial. But if you feel like they're not really giving strong answers, right, you lovingly say, I'm, I'm not... I didn't feel like those are really strong answers to how you're getting information. I asked you what podcast you listened to. You told me Craig Groeschel. I asked you the most impactful one. You couldn't name me one. And then when you did name me one, you couldn't even come up with two strong points that relate to youth ministry. I think you should work on your technique of how you get information. You know, and so once again, I know I was kind of like, uh, that, was a, like that was a very direct tone the way I just did that. Like, you don't do it like that in, in the meeting. Like, you know, very stoic. Well, who are you listening, right? You know, but, but once you even as a lead pastor, like, you know, take notes on that stuff too because you have a thousand things going on, right? Sometimes it's hard to remember in a loving way, right? It's hard to remember, like, oh, what did we talk about last time, right? Uh, sometimes just jot down those notes, um, you know, put them in your phone so you can reflect upon it or even think about it 
um, of how the conversation went. So that's what I would in- encourage you with in their their technique, if you will. Yeah. So um, way back in the day, probably like 2005-ish or something, on some district meetings, they actually had youth pastors there. So the pastor would go to district meeting, meet with pastors and uh, like sectional meetings. Mm-hmm. They had it didn't work out for whatever reason, but like a couple meetings of youth pastors at the same time. So you got to ride with your pastor, you're talking. And I was like, man, this is awesome. Yeah. And then uh, so I'm doing that, but then I got to talk with other youth pastors. Man, this is awesome. But then we didn't do it no more. Right. But do we do anything like that? I'm so disconnected and trying to plug. No, for sure. Into the district. Yeah. So I'm like really going all in on meetings, events, and stuff, bivocational, and a million excuses why I didn't. No, no. Do we have anything like that? Yeah, so that's a great question. So this is like context, because I, you know, since my time here, it's a different day of youth ministry. So back in the day, I'm talking to some people, there used to be 90 full-time youth pastors in Ohio. Now there's 25. That's up from last year, though. That is. (laughs) We've had some people come in. So it's encouraging, right? And so I don't say that in like a sad tone, like, <sighs> right? No, that's okay. But we're not going to lament what was. We're going to say, God, like, what are you doing now? That's it. So to answer your question, you know, in youth pastors, that number being lower, and then even just in a good way, transition of youth pastors. There's some churches, I mean, I've been in the role like, this is my sixth year, but I'm the fourth youth pastor, right? It, you're right, it could be hard to feel like, hey, there's a youth pastor. Oh, there's no, okay, right? You know, like, so, um, what I would tell you is, what we're trying to do is, um, it's twofold. And this is kind of like a little bit of vision to your question. Because the traditional model, because for people with vocation, like, I can't make a network meeting. It's in the day. Like, I, I would, but I, I'm working, right? Or if it's like, well, it's at night. And it's like, man, like, right, I'm tired. Like, just my family, you know, right? Those are all legitimate things. So what we're trying to do right now is, so we launched, we just launched it about a month ago, but it's called the Align Network. So alignthennetwork.org. And it's just the leadership arm of OIM. So we want that to be the main space where people connect digitally. So, um, you know, for your youth pastor, I tell them to hey, get on there, check that out, because they're going to be able to, con- like, see it. So it's like a Facebook with Facebook groups. Um, you know, I know some of you guys are on, on it, but... Um, but that's where we're going to do a lot of our connecting. We're going to do a lot of like Zoom kind of calls and different things like that or just resources for them. But one of the things that we're going to look to do is I started in um, Youngstown and in the Dayton area. It was going great. Uh, but then COVID hit and I was like, okay, well, that happened. And so well, what we're looking to do is we're looking to team up churches um, to like combine forces. I think that's going to be a big part of what we see. So um, in the those areas I sat down with those youth pastors and said okay what's one th- what's one thing that's like a staple on your calendar so in the one the one area they said we always do a giant lock-in I said why don't you guys just all do the lock-in together and everyone wins and like yeah great you know fantastic and so what we're going to look to do is in light of Ohio for Jesus now the kind of things are opening back up we're going to get in each area and say okay what can we do to create overlap? So, like, even in Youngstown Warren area, you know, we had, uh, you know, they, the youth pastors decided. They said, once a month, we're going to gather all the youth ministries together and connect because it's a win for your students. It's a win for you as a youth pastor uh, on so many levels. And so, um, once again, every area is different context. 
So some areas is like, man, everyone's bivocational, or you know, or, or you know, they need that kind of leadership. That's where I hope I can really kind of help them in that way. Um, but those are things we're going to be moving towards. So kind of getting the youth, you know, I'll be getting the youth ministries together. Say, all right, let's look at our calendars. Where can you guys connect? Where can you guys grow? Um, but then even at our events such as camp, reach, fine arts, uh, we're going to be looking for even connection at those events specifically for youth pastors. So Reach Conference is going to be one of those, our first like child run at it, where it's going to be like, hey, get there. You know, your kids are going to be in service, but we have something for you specifically. Um, and then even in the fall, we have our line gathering that you know youth pastors get together, so that kind of thing. So kind of a long answer, but those are things we're going to do to supplement what's not a reality for us right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know a little bit about our story, but we are in a pretty major transition with our church. Um, a new pastor. He's been there for eight months. Three pastors have transitioned out. We have five transitioning in. My role was the youth pastor transitioning now into connections pastor. Um, and that's not only the community and our church, but also our staff. We're going to be working really side-by-side side with our pastor. So I'll be connecting the staff and kind of facilitating the staff. Um, with that new youth pastor, his first Wednesday night was last Wednesday night. Um, and so I guess my question to you is, it's very a unique situation where I've been the youth pastor for so long in my church, and I have those established relationships, and now I was, we have this new youth pastor transitioning in now, and I want to do everything I can to be his, uh, be his champion, like to be his, uh, not champion, but his cheerleader. Yeah. Um, what, what best advice would you give me, and what would you also tell him in this new season with ministry? Because it's a whole different culture as well that, that Pastor Justin is, is uh, doing there um, as well. So the culture itself is shifting dramatically, um, but also with, with our students, it's shifting dramatically too. Yeah. So what would be your best advice? Like how can I best assist him? Because it's not every youth pastor sticks around to see the new youth the, the yeah. new pastor. You know what I mean? So for sure. So I want to find a healthy balance. You know, right. I wanna I wanna help him as best I can, but I don't I certainly don't wanna um, confine him and Yeah. So I think on your side, um, I would just always ask the question like, hey how can I champion what you're doing? Or you know like, like your heart is to do, like just how, how can I do that? Because, you know, we'll use a random example, whether it's just like, hey, you know, I know like you always, you know, you know, you know uh, come in the back of service on Wednesday night. Sometimes like I feel like the kids are kind of distracted. Like, man, if you cannot do that, that'd be great. Like, fantastic. I won't do that, right? You know, if you feel like there's something that's like hindering it, just like, hey, tell me how I can help you, right? That will like, help me help you. Um, but I would just always continually ask that question so it feels like authentic and genuine. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, like, what do you need? Like, like, how's this going? Or like, hey, I, I know some kids have transitioned out and like be on top of that encouragement, um, you know, with him. Um, secondly, for hit or you know, for him, I would say this. I know we always think of it as a negative connotation. I see people moving. Make sure I'm like, one minute here. I know it's always thought as a negative connotation, like, oh, the old youth pastor's here. Like, he's kind of cramped my style or kids are still blah, blah, blah. I'm still, I, I tell you, pastors, it's a blessing. And here's why. When you are the new person in there, it's hard to fight the shadow of the person who's not there. Oh, you know, Pastor So-and-so would have done it like this. You know, like, uh, you know, you know, we've done this event forever. Now you're killing it. Like, this is our favorite event. 
right? But when you're there and you are championing to, because it, it it's natural, right? Students are going to come like, oh, Pastor Stu, like, I don't know if I miss you in youth and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Matt, and, and you affirm that pastor and that pa- youth pastor knows it. You know? It, it's like, whatever it is, you know, whether it's youth pa- or a, a student just venting, just like, you know, I don't know, I don't like how they're doing services now. Like, I think it's great. Our church is, you know, right? And you paint that whole picture. Because here's the reality, in a culture shift, your whole church is going on, not everyone's going to make it. And not in a bad way. It's a new season. I have a strong belief, and it's like, it's like it sounds like almost morbid, but every church has a life cycle. It's not a, it's not a negative thing, right? You know, we all know even our natural bodies, right? This isn't, this isn't forever. And I feel every church, right, you just are transitioning to a new youth pastor. There are going to be some people who are saying, yep, this is new life for our church, and I don't think I'm a part of that, and that's okay. But you know what? There's going to be new families who come, new students who come, and it's saying, you you know, you have to get through that space. I think everyone wants to have radical change, like new vision, fresh vision, but every, everyone stay in the same spot, right? You know, but that's just not how the kingdom works. And so I think for the new youth pastor, I think that's the, the thing that say, hey, like, if this is going to work, you just have to be super honest, you know? And I think that's the only way it works in the sense of if they're feeling something, you know, or whatever. Um, they need to feel that freedom to say, like, hey, Pastor Stu, I feel like this, or, or what have you. Um, but I would just say, yeah, I think it's a great season. And in that culture shift, there's people who just naturally transition on. It's not bad. Students, whoever. But there's absolutely going to be new people who step in. And they're going to be, you know, his kids, right? Where it's like they've only known that era. You know, like, if I've only been gone... Uh, you know, five years or you know, six years from where I was youth pastor. I was there for 10 years. But you know what? If I came in there, I'd get all the side eyes of like, who's this guy? I'm like, you know, I, I've been here for, you know, like, right? But there's a, it's a new era. And when you see kids go through a cycle, you know, like you know, four years of school, right? Or, you know, longer through middle school. But um, you begin to have your own people. And that's exciting. So, hey, listen, I'll do, I'll do the good youth pastor thing and let you guys go. I will <laughs> be quiet. But if there's anything I can do for you, it's 1117. But um, if there's anything I can do for you, like, hey, further questions, or you say, hey, I just need, like, take a deeper dive in some of the stuff I shared, please just, you, my email's on the website, but just uh, nortz at ohioministry.net. Love to help in any way I can. All right.